Welcome to the Mastering College to Career Podcast, where we're here to help you land your dream job. So if at any time during this episode you find any value, please make sure you take a screenshot and you share it with a friend. And don't forget, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. That will mean the world. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. All right, podcast audience, I want you guys to be the first ones to know that I will be conducting live free online training on how to get a job with a Fortune 500 company. Yes, it's how you get a job with the companies that receive thousands of applicants per job opening and how with this three secrets that I'll cover in this live training class, you will be able to stand out amongst the crowd. So I'm gonna talk about in this um, training, I'm gonna talk about three things. Number one is the real reason why most students receive rejection emails. And I'm gonna teach you how you can prevent this from happening and pretty much practically guarantee that you get at least an interview. Um, And I know you all get those emails. I've gotten those emails myself, right? We are sorry to inform you that we've decided to move with another candidate. Yes, I hate those emails and I don't want those emails for you. So I'm gonna tell you how you avoid those emails. Um, Number two is I'm gonna talk to you about how receiving a job offer from a Fortune 500 company is as simple as an open book test. And you do not need the perfect GPA, that 3.5, 3.9 GPA, or a particular major like accounting or finance or engineering to get those job offers either. You can still get job offers without that perfect GPA or a particular major. Um, And then secret number three is I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna talk about how Fortune 500 companies handle campus recruiting and how you can take advantage of this inside secrets to set yourself apart from thousands of other candidates. Um, Whether this is your first time listening to this podcast or this is your hundredth, um, you know, I've, I've personally been on the other side, right? I've been on campuses representing PepsiCo, interviewing, talking to people. I know how this works. I've interviewed hundreds of other companies and understand how this works. So I decided to put this free online training for you. So if you are interested, I only have a spot for 100 students. It's just really what Zoom, the platform that I use, allows me to have. Um, go to masteringcollege2career.com forward slash free training to register. First 100 students get access. The other ones, you snooze, you lose, buddy. Welcome to this episode of the Mastering College to Career podcast. Today's episode, I'm having a conversation with one of the students that has graduated from the Mastering College to Career program. She was also one of the students that was, the, I guess, a beta reader for my book before it came out. Uh, this individual has recently landed her dream internship with her dream job. And this wasn't intended to be a podcast episode. This was actually a conversation that after hearing it and being part of it for an hour, I was like, we need to put this on a podcast. So um, today you're going to learn Ashley Ortiz Rosario's story and how she landed her dream internship with her dream company. So enjoy. What's up, Ashley? Hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I know we just had this conversation two seconds ago. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but say, Ashley, thank you again so much for um, agreeing to come do the Zoom call with me, talk about um, your student experience in the last, I would say like six months, right? Yeah. In about six months um, since we started working together. It all started with the book. So the book is back there. And yeah. Then, when I launched the academy, you were one of the first students to go through the academy. And so enough about me talking. Let me turn this on you. So where were, like, let's talk to me about where you were as a student six, eight months ago and where you are now and what has been the transition. So six to eight months ago, um, I moved. So, okay. Um, I moved to Orlando after the hurricane in Puerto Rico. And that was September, 2017. And that year was supposed to be my last year in college. Um, And I had a lot of plans. I was in a lot of student organizations and the executive board and, and I was, you know, getting ready to take the TOEFL, like the one English as a second language one, getting ready to take the GRE, like, cause I wanted to go to grad school and all of that. And the hurricane happened and I moved. 
and I transferred to Valencia College. So six to eight months ago, I was graduating from Valencia and I was going into, you know, my mindset was, okay, I'm going to UCF, I'm finishing, great. That's all nice and, and cool. Um, but at the same time, moving here, the condition, I guess I could say, that my mom put was, hey, I support you. Um, and yes, as long, you know, I support that this is a decision that you're making, but I don't know if we can fully support you financially. So you need to get a part-time job. And I had no problem with that because, you know, they were supporting me in the important part, which was the, you know, emotional and psychological aspect of moving away from home, away from my family, um, to not somewhere that's two hours away, but like a whole airplane away. Um, so she, you know, pushed me to get that job and I was working at, at Disney and at the same time it was like oh I'm going to school because you know Disney has this amazing program called Disney Aspire so thanks to my job I was going to be able to pay for it and as well like you know I thought that I wanted um, to go into into business and it's not that I'm not going to but you know I, I was starting a whole new new in a new college of business. It was very new to me. I was a little bit scared because the classes are very different. Um, and I think the atmosphere is very different. Um, so I remember like coming across your, your book and, and your podcast, just learning from how the things that I was doing before, I was like, oh, this is not the same as back home. Like it, this is all very different. Like I feel like back home students don't grasp, grasp the idea of how important it is to establish a relationship with that recruiter that's coming to a career fair. And that's one of the things that for me was like, oh, what do you mean connect with them before they even get here? Like, what do you mean follow up with them? Like, how do I do that? Like, I, you know, each time that I, I was going through a new topic, I was like, what do you mean I have to put in all this work? <laughs> like, um, so that, that's, that's something that I'm glad that I came across. Because um, if it weren't for, I feel like that culture truck of, yes, this is what it means and this is what you got to do. I don't think I would be where I am today. But I don't know that is um, a thing that is done in America. It's not conventional. Like, I, I don't know if you talk to a lot of your friends. I think you realize that. Um, that's the problem. Like not a lot of people are doing that. And so when you learn that through like the master in college career programs, like you, you start like applying and you're like, wow, like they do reply back. Like, wow, they're, they're human. Like they're human. <laughs> they talk, they talk back. It's crazy. Yeah, no. And, and I think that's, that's one of the like biggest misconceptions. And I've, I've been talking to people who, um, you know, I've taken classes with um, in the past but now, you know, I've moved and everything. Then now they're like, oh, I'm reaching out to you because you're, you know, you pop up on my LinkedIn and you're, and I'm like, I took a class with you. Um, it's, you know, it's funny how, you, you know, how people see me like this whole different person. And I'm like, I was just like you two years ago. <laughs> um, I was like sitting right next to you or right behind you. So it's like, it's, it's possible. And, and people look at you very differently when you are doing these things. and it's not that hard. Like it's not hard to do them and it shouldn't yeah. be like, what's funny is yes. A, like um, a small group of people, you know, students are doing this. So we're setting ourselves apart and we're getting all the opportunities we want, but I think it should be the norm. Right. I agree. Like, I think like, I think, you know, doing all these things should be looked at like, Oh my God, you did the thing. It's like, Hey, so I did the same thing. And like, didn't get the same result like you know like it it's so normal that not doing it should be the weird thing like oh yeah. so you aren't following up on you know linkedin with recruiters like that should be like the the reaction to that i agree with you so much like i think it's interesting because um people then ask me it's like well if you teach everybody how to do these things right would would you be afraid that, that it won't work and i go like no actually the reason why it works is because you're not doing that with every company and yeah. so it, I did that, that thing I posted on LinkedIn, like your career priorities. And if you look at it, everybody's is completely different. And so what that means is that 
you, everybody's priorities is completely different, which let alone the, the jobs they want, the careers they want. They're going to be totally different. They're so, completely yeah. different. And so what it does is it allows you to customize your approach to the companies you want. And there is the, the same level of jobs are available. Like, and, and so it's. And, and you know, for me, like that's, oh my God, that's, that's totally true. And, you know, just thinking back of when I was, you know, studying in Puerto Rico, I feel like, I don't know if it's because it's such a small island and, you know, we were getting groomed for the same companies, to be honest. Like, that's how I see it. Um, so if anyone in the future ever hears this and corrects me, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. That's how I see it. We were all getting groomed for the same companies. You know, marketing students were getting groomed for X, Y, and Z. And accounting students were getting groomed for the big four. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of students going to the same place. So it's very easy to think of ourselves as competition and not help each other. Mm -hmm. where the success comes in the opposite. If we all help each other and just find out, like, coming here, that's the thing. Like, yes, we're competing, but at the same time, I know you don't have the same interests I have, so we're not going to, like, cannibalize, I guess. Like, we're not going to step on each other's toes because we have different priorities. And, and, you know, the companies that we want, everything is, is so different that we're able to help each other and build each other up. And then if at one point we are competing against each other, it's more, more so, you know, at the end of the day, it's your personality that makes you shine through. But I, I think, th and then this is just what I believe in, right? If, for example, if there was a person, like let's say you, you're both going after the same position, I, I think companies are, and especially because you, you like HR and you're part of Sherman, you, you see this, like, Companies are dying for good talent. Right? Mm -hmm. like, they are dying. Like, we, we, students think like, hey, like I'm applying for a bunch of jobs. Like I, I'm, I'm scared. Like, like you actually have the leverage. Like a student has the leverage. If they were to understand that, it, they can completely change the game around. So I know, and I talk a lot about that. Like, and it flips it. And, and so once you realize that companies need you more than you need them, then the game changes. And and if there's two people that were interviewing for a role in Disney and they both knock it out of the park, I promise you the recruiter will be like, hey, this position might be full, but this manager over here has a position and it opens yeah. up in a week, so here it is. Like, like, they will find a spot for you if you are the ideal candidate. And exactly. So that's, and that's the thing, like, no, I totally agree with you. Like, it's the fact that it is a war on talent, like, right now. Like, there's so many students graduating, and companies are like, I don't have, like, it's the same thing. I want to compare it with like scholarships at the College of Business because I've been hearing my professors saying this a lot where students don't apply. Oh my God. I got to apply and they have all this money that they want to give away. So it's like that. It's like companies have all these positions and all these opportunities, but nobody is taking them yeah. because, you know, like they're not. I don't know if it's a lack of, of research or just putting ourselves like out there a little bit more. And, you know, they're coming up with no candidates or they're coming up with like one or two and not even for the position that they're supposed to be hiring for. Here, here's so like, that, right? Like, think about this. The average position, um, level entry college student position gets 250 applicants. So it's not that the companies are not getting applicants. Like, it is not a lack of applicants. It's the lack of the right applicant. That's the problem, right? And so the issue comes is that most students have that shotgun approach. And I know I teach the, a lot about that. Yeah. Um, and so what happens is that students have one resume, hey, I'm a marketing student. And so what I will do is that I'm going to go apply to every single marketing company without customizing my resume, yeah, without building relationships. And so you're one of 250 people applying for the position. But what students don't understand, right, is that the cost of hiring the wrong person is one to five times the salary. And so me hiring the wrong person, I'm not just going to hire anybody. If it's not the right person, I'm not going to hire because it's going to cost me more to hire the wrong person. So as a student, you have to minimize the risk for the company. And how do you minimize the risk is that you have to prove to them that you are the right candidate. And how do you do that? By showing them that you care enough, investing enough time to doing the research and building the relationships. And that's the thing. Like, I feel that's something that there are a lot of things that students know but they don't do, you know, it's like, it's with parents. Like 
I know I have to do that. Or like, I know I can't do that. But then we keep doing the wrong thing. So like, I've always known that you have to tailor your resume, but I wouldn't do it. Like, I wouldn't really go into it. You know what I mean? Like I would edit, like on a macro level, I like, think. the name of the company in the subject, like, <laughs> and that's it, it? It's like, I would edit, you know, on a micro, a macro level, like maybe some like aesthetic things or whatnot, but I think I, rem I remember for, for this particular internship, it, it's funny because the other day someone asked me um, how I got it. Like, how did you get it? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to tell you the whole story, like the whole story. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I don't know what was going through the interviewer's mind. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't speak for them. But what I did was that... Um, and I remember this is the first, like that was the first time I reached out to you was because I went to a career development workshop at Disney. So thankful that they, you know, at least at Magic Kingdom, you know, leaders come together and they provide these workshops and they were talking about networking and they were talking about how to move up in the company. And, you know, the fact that Disney is such a company big on relationships and it's, it's about who knows you and and who you talk to, blah, 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 and, and all these things. And I was like, okay, so I got to reach out to people that are within what I want to do. So I remember my, my leader at the time telling me, you know, you have to reach out to recruiters. And we have an intranet where we can see that, like where I can type in, you know, recruiter yeah. or, you know, campus recruitment coordinator and, you know, all these names pop up. So I have the contacts. What do I do? Like, how do I tailor that email? How, and I remember having that call with you and just going over that. And after that call, I was like, okay, let me craft this email. And, and I sent it out to like, um, I think three recruiters. One um, I knew of, and it would have been so weird me contacting her because she's very involved with the college program alumni association. And since I did a CP, it's like, Hey, I did a CP in fall 2015. And, Sorry. Oh, the called the Disney College program. Okay. My bad. Um, so it was like normal that that I would contact her because her name is a big, yeah. you know, it's a big name when you're when you're in the program. And I remember having a call with her and another recruiter, and they're both in California. And one of them, you know, we we had such a great like conversation. Him explaining what campus recruitment is and what exactly he recruits for and and the type of people he looks for. And then at the end, he was like, you know what? Let me give you a set of names that are in Orlando so you can meet with them in person and just let them know that, that I sent you. And I was like, okay, great. So I contacted one of, one of those names and she's a campus recruitment manager. So basically his boss and she's you know, here in Orlando. And I emailed her um, and I sat down with her in her office and we talked about you know, what I was doing and, and what, at the same thing, I didn't know, like, I had an idea of what campus recruitment was, but then she spoke more about it from a manager level and the type of recruiters that she looks for. And then at, at one point, you know, I asked her, what do I do now um, so that I'm a good candidate for a recruiter role in the future? And she saw my resume and she looked, she looked it over and she said, you know, you'd be a good candidate for the hospitality leadership program. And whereas I don't recruit for that program, I manage the recruiter that hires for that program. Yeah. So I'm going to pass your resume along to, to this person. And I was like, okay, um, do I reach out to her on my side? Or she's like, you know what? Yes. Um, you know, this is her email. Reach out to her. Um, let her know that it's the same resume that I'm sending her, but that you wanted to reach out on your end. It's like, great. Um, I wasn't able to meet her in person, but I did have a phone call with her. Um, kind of the same type of questions, but more like, what do I do now as a frontline cast member to get where you are? Because I already asked the question of, from a manager's per perspective, like, this is what I look for. Now I wanted to know, like, what she did before getting that role. And we were talking and, and she's like, oh, I have your resume in front of me. Um, you'll be a very good candidate for this program. And I'm like, I need to know like what because at the same time I was like you hear that like oh you'd be a very good candidate you'd be a very good candidate but 
what makes me a good candidate so that I can keep doing it? You know what I mean? Like, what are you seeing on my resume that I should do more of? Especially because that was like, that was the summer before starting UCF. So basically like eight, nine months ago. Um, so I was like, what can I do in school to maintain that good candidate uh, profile? And I remember, you know, we had that conversation and, and I asked her, you know, requirements and hey, I'm, I'm starting, um, I'm finishing, like I'm starting my last two years of college in, in August and, you know, what should I do and whatnot. Um, she did tell me like the specifics of the program and I really enjoyed it. And I always saw it as, hey, once I'm ready, because it, it does look like a program that's very tailored to seniors. Yeah. Like someone that's, you know, it's a full-time position, full-time yeah. position for a year. So I was like, okay, that, you know, so like when I'm ready, I'll apply to it. I think a month went by. Uh, so this was early August and she emailed me saying, Hey, applications go live tomorrow. And I would really love to see your resume in the bunch. That's crazy. Right. Like I just, before you finish, <laughs> I think that is crazy. Like it is, it, it is not uncommon. Like, like, People think it's so uncommon, but it's not it's uncommon not. to get a recruiter to to say, "Hey, apply for this." Like it's the same thing when like OUC reached out to Lewis to say, "Hey, apply yeah. for this." Like I want to take a second to explain to students why companies do that. Right? Companies, what a, a, a recruiter is trying to do is they're trying to hire the best talent with as little effort as possible. Meaning that if I already know that that person is the right person. I want to, I want to, I want to encourage her to apply. So I don't have to interview 39 people and I could just interview maybe three and you know, I still need to keep my options open just in case it doesn't work out with Ashley, but I, but so yeah, because you never know. Yeah. Cause you yeah. never know what, what, what could happen. And, and I think like when I received that email, I, I was a little bit in shock um, because you know, a month had gone by, you know, like, yes, I, I was touching base with them, in a sense of, hey, this is what I'm doing. And I'm like, I'm facilitating this class and I'm, you know, doing these moves. But it was more like, of like staying in touch. Cause that's the thing. Like if you reach out to people to build your network, don't just, you know, do it for the interview and get out. Like, don't, no, don't do that. Cause that, you know, it looks wrong and it just looks like that's more of a sponsor than a mentor or like, <clears throat> and there are relationships that could be like that, but specifically in my and what I wanted to do, which was eventually apply to this program, I had to stay in touch with them. So when I got that email, I was like, okay, I have two options. I apply to this program, see what happens. Or I don't apply and basically ignore her email. And she's going to feel like, oh, she's not interested. Yeah. And so, the, so that wasn't, it was an option, but in reality, it wasn't an option. Yeah. So, so I applied and I remember... They Disney takes their sweet time. Of course. So if you like whoever's listening has ever thought of applying to Disney, you gotta be patient. And that's one of the things that I learned during the career, those career development toolkit classes was that with this company you have to be patient. And and you know, in that moment, like I, I was willing to be patient. So I was like, that's fine, you know, let's apply. Let's and when I got that phone interview email, I was at work. And I went into my leader's office. I was like, I got the phone interview. Um, and I was very nervous because I was like, this is it. I, like, this is the start of, of the process. And like, it's real. But I really think it wasn't the first time that I applied for a professional internship with Disney. So I applied for a professional internship with Disney in 2017 at the same time that I applied for a part-time role. And I didn't get the um, PI because at that moment, I remember the email said yeah, that I didn't have enough experience. Yeah, professional internship. Like, so, sorry, um, I didn't get that, that internship. And the email said that it was because I didn't have enough experience. And that's where the whole um, tailoring your resume comes into play. So most of these positions, if not all of them, because most companies are doing this, they go through an applicant tracking system. Yep. And, and those keywords, so you, you need to, like, what I did, and I remember that that's what I, like, I tailored my resume. So I didn't tailor my resume when these recruiters look, looked it over um, because I wasn't applying to anything. It was just like, this is my resume. Let me know that if what's on there is relevant and then I'll, you know, tailor. Because what I did was when I did apply for the program was I pulled up the job description. 
and all the duties and whatnot. I printed it out. And what I do, I'm a weirdo, is that I go bullet by bullet and I try to decipher. So there's a sentence, you know, handles, I don't know, customer service or whatnot. And I, and I try to come up with the jobs that I've done where I've done that. So that I go back to my resume and I make sure that those keywords are in. Obviously, it's not going to be the exact same sentence because you have to tailor it to your experience. But I make sure that if the job description is using words like, like guest service or... Um, like leadership instead of management. Yeah, like um, yeah. must uh, be able to... Like, I don't know, like communicate with, communicate with um, like executives, blah, blah, blah. Then... I make sure that my resume has words like communicates, uh, handles, uh, guest, you know, because there's a difference. Like, for example, if you're applying for companies like Disney, Universal, SeaWorld, the word guest is used instead of customer. But if you're applying for a retail position, you might see that that job description is using the word customer instead of guest. So you switch it up. You're just trying to make sure that your resume pops up when they search for those keywords. And you know, having the experience of being at the computer searching for keywords, that's also when I noticed, oh, it's important that, that you put in those keywords because if not, your resume is not gonna, put, like these applicant tracking systems aren't that smart. So if you don't put the word, they don't pick it up. You know, um, they don't pick up variations of communication or, or guest service. like. If that person is putting, you know, hey, I'm searching for guest service and you didn't put it on your resume, your resume is not going to pop up. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's, it's very important. And I remember that when applying, I did that because yes, she emailed me, but at the end of the day, I don't know if she's going to be the one doing the search. So I got to make sure that whichever recruiter is doing the search, my name is popping up as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, no that's awesome. And, and so just to clarify, you work, you, you worked at Disney. You were just working like as a part-time employee. I was, yeah, I was working, I was working as a hostess in Magic Kingdom. And, you know, I was trained in a lot of positions in the restaurant and I was doing, you know, facilitation um, at Disney University for onboarding. Like I was doing a lot of things like at work, but even then, um, and th this is something that worried me throughout the whole process is that um, at one point my classes did not fit with my work schedule. So I had to leave the company. And, and after that, I remember being on a leave of absence and having my phone interview. And at that moment, I didn't know that I had to leave the company. So I, I went with it, did my phone interview. I want everybody to know that after I did that phone interview, I was like, I'm not getting it. I don't know. It was very weird. I felt like I answered questions, but I didn't. It was very weird. Um, and then like a week later I had to leave the company and I was like, this is it. I'm not getting it. But then I got a web-based interview and I was like, oh, okay. Um, I did that web-based interview and I remember Disney was coming to a alpha chapter meeting. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go just to see. You never know. Funny enough, the recruiter that was there, even though they were talking about their finance and accounting programs specifically, the recruiter that was there was one of the recruiters, the California one told me to reach out, but she couldn't, like she had sent me an email before I left Disney saying, I'm in the middle of recruiting season. I apologize, but let's set up something for, you know, later on, like September or something like that. And I went up to her, introduced myself and she remembered me. She was like, you're the one with the very long email, which is true. If you're Hispanic, <laughs> have two last names, your email is going to be long. I was like, yes, that's me. And, and, you know, we talked and I left her and she was like, oh, give me your resume if you have one now. And I'll make like, look, I'll ask about you, make sure that you're moving along in the process. I was like, okay. And I gave her, you know, I gave her my, my resume. I can and, totally see you do that. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that, that, that was me. Um, and, and after, after that, like another week went by and I got the email for the in-person interview. I was like, I'm doing something right. I like that's also you know one of the moments where it's like I don't know what I'm doing but I'm doing it right but now looking back on it it's like I'm subconsciously doing everything your book says you know what I mean like it's it's everything and the, the thing is had it worked or not 
I am getting or have been getting like like response because another thing that's very different here than um, I feel like in Puerto Rico is the emphasis that there is on LinkedIn and how important it is to be active on LinkedIn. And I remember posting about, you know, like, hey, I got this opportunity that I've been working towards too. Um, and the recruiter that initially I talked to, she commented on the post and then she messaged me and said, you know, that like she's very excited that I'm coming on. And I, I was like, I don't know how to tell you how thankful I am. And when I got the call that they were letting me know that I got it, I was like, I, words, there, there aren't enough words to express like how thankful I am because I left the company. And I thought that that wasn't possible, but it's just trusting the process and just, I feel like trusting your skills is what's important as well. Yeah. So it's like, do all the things. And coming back to that one person that asked me a couple days ago, how'd you get it? I was like, by being honest, you know, like this is, people may say whatever they might say about Disney, but this is a company that I want to work for. And that is a program that I, that I wanted to get into. So I did everything I could to make sure that I did. So it's like, instead of, I don't know, like it's that shotgun approach, you know, like instead of, of just having, sorry, not the shotgun, the sniper, um, like instead of just, applying to whatever there is out there it's like yes i have backup plans in the sense of you never know what might happen you might not get chosen but those backup plans also have to be focused and they can't be just like oh because the title sounds cool i'll apply to it because then you end up with like 25 applications and you're like what am i doing yeah also because it gets it gets hard to track and it's hard to build relationships when you're talking to all 200 employers at a career fair. No, when you talk to 10, five of them, that's, that's where you really build a connection and specifically just um, reaching back out. Like I, I recently got an opportunity and it was all because I followed up after the career fair. Um, Cause you know, he even said it like, Oh, thank you so much for, for following back. And, because I followed back, it, that just accelerated the process because I was fresh in their mind. So that's also what's very important people are not doing. What advice would you have to someone that hasn't even considered, like maybe a junior, maybe going into their senior year, but hasn't even started looking for a job? Like, hasn't even think of, like, you know, they're just so focused on trying to get good grades. So here's the thing. Um, and that's what I've seen throughout my whole college life um, is that I don't think, I think it is possible because I'm not saying that I'm not getting good grades. Like I'm getting, I'm getting pretty decent grade. It's not a 4.0. It's not, it's not straight A's, but I'm getting, you know, I'm getting a very good GPA. So there is a balance. You can have good grades, but at the same time, you can build um your, you know, you can build on your professional development and you can seek out those opportunities to build on that. Um, I just think that it's all in your hands. You need to make a decision of, am I going to find the balance or no, I just don't have the time for that. Because if you don't put in the work, then you find yourself senior year, last semester, scrambling for a job and wondering why am I not getting chosen? Why am I not getting called back? And it's probably because your resume does not fit into anywhere. Like your experience does not fit into anything that you're applying to. So what I'm, I recommend is that you start looking for, for small opportunities where at the end, how do I put it? Like where at the end you're getting the skills needed for the job that you want. So let's say, you know, you're in senior year, starting your senior year, um, and you don't have time to get a part-time job or something like that, get involved in student organizations, but get involved in a position where what you're doing, you can copy paste it. Like it's the same experience that you would get um, in, in a job or, you know, you're obtaining skills that you would need in the job that you want. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, like if you're gonna, if you wanna go into data analysis, then go into a role where that's mostly what you'll be doing. Like. Um, I don't know, treasurer, 
membership, like where you're constantly using Excel sheets and, and preparing those so that you can put that skill on your resume. It's like, yes, I didn't have a job analyzing data, but I was an officer in a student organization. This is what I did. This is the reports that I prepared. And this is the results from that. And a recruiter will say like, oh, okay. So yeah. you've know, you worked with Excel. Like, yes, it wasn't in an office setting, but you have the long-term, you know, that, that term experience of this person knows how to use Excel because this is what they prepared. Um, it's like, you know, when we tell students um, that are studying, I don't know, graphic design or anything, like just take small jobs. Why? Because they have to build a portfolio. So just take small things and, and just uh, try to get the skills that you need so that when you put it on, on your resume, you're not lying. You're actually, because recruiters know when people are lying. When that sentence sounds super vague and there's no number, there's no results, there's no nothing, they know that you're copy and pasting the, the duties, you know, of, of that position and not, you didn't actually do it. Yeah. I think like I, the, the resume is the most biased document in the world. And recruiters yeah. know that, right? It's all the good stuff and none of the bad stuff. Exactly. Um, it's crazy it's crazy but I'm so proud of you I am so proud of you no and, that's, and the thing is like it, it is possible it is possible to find a balance and it's just just do it like Nike ain't lying um <laughs> just do it it's not you know that's my constant fight with um with students all like students that I talk to all the time it's like oh but I don't have the time my classes my grades I'm like you can have a four-point GPA, but I bet you if a 3.5 with an amazing resume comes by for the same position, they're not going to take you. Trust me, because there comes a time in life where that GPA, nobody at work is going to ask you what you got, like what you graduated with. You know what I mean? Like, I, I sometimes feel like, of course, I'm not saying go out there, get a 2.0 GPA. No, we also don't want you to be in academic probation, but um, it's a matter of, complement that GPA with real life experience. And that's something that my mom has always told me. It's like, she's not, as I said, I don't get straight A's and she's not extremely worried about that because when you see my resume, it's like, oh, but she's done. You know, I've been in school yeah. for a long time, but when you see my resume, it's like, oh, but she's done things throughout yeah. that time. It's not like I'm wasting my time or just like yeah. lagging to just stay behind. It's because life. <laughs> um, so there is a balance and it's just sit down, talk to yourself, specifically beginning senior year. If you're even, even if you're a sophomore, because I do know students that are moving way ahead and they're like, but I'm a freshman. That's great because this is your time. There is a very big chance that that recruiter that you're meeting at that career fair will stay there for the next two years or at least like their team is going to still be there for the next two years. So it's great. You build that relationship now. So when you're ready to apply and you say, hi, my name is Joe. And they're like, I remember you. Yes, pass me down your resume. So like you're ready, you're, you're in. And, and that's what every student should be doing. I love it. I love it. Um, Ashley, talk to me about like, how did you like going through that academy, like through the watching the videos and stuff like that? What was your biggest takeaways from there? I think it's, it's a very foolproof, um, easy method to learn. Um, because you're actually learning something that you want to learn. Yeah. Or should, you know, should want to <laughs> learn at least. Um, so I think you make it very user friendly and is extremely well thought out um, where you don't get confused. Cause what I'm feeling with my classes is that the professor puts up videos, but I have tons of questions that I can't ask him. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, you know, your content is very user friendly straight to the point and sorry and yes you'll have questions but that's you know everybody has questions but the content itself like you can really follow through with it yeah. um for me it's a very useful um in the book as well how you like lay out hey if you don't know how to build your your linkedin profile it's thought out just yeah. all the steps and you'll you'll get there like you get it um it, you know it's foolproof it's like it's it's so worth it because it's it's not like you're paying money and then leaving with a bunch of questions or just com ask confused no it's 
it's for dummies. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, I grew up seeing all those books around, like Excel for dummies and this yeah. for dummies. It's eh, basically what it is. Um, <laughs> in the sense of like, that's how easy it is to learn from it. Like, I, I'm a dummy. Like, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. And so I build it for people like me. Like, if I can do it, you could do it. Exactly, exactly. That's the thing. It's like, if I can do it, everybody can do it so that's it's a good it's a good feeling to have from from that and and i feel like the fact that you make it that you make it a community also helps yeah it's like a a lot of people are in the same boat so y'all can help each other and you guys now talk with each other and then brainstorm and and like share contacts oh hey i know somebody here i'll connect you with right and that's that's the thing like so so that's that was my thing like coming here that's something that i love is that you go somewhere and you talk about something and someone, oh, I know someone from there. I, let me give you their contact. And you're like, what? Whereas, you know, coming from a small island, like, everybody. I know everybody. Like, I know everybody and you know everybody. Like, we, we know all the people we should know. So there's not a lot of branching out to do. Yeah. Um, so it's great when you do have, you know, that, that sense of community and, and the fact that, as cliche as it may sound, like, we're all in this together. Yeah. So. I, I always say that you don't know where your resume might end up. So it's good that you make a lot of contacts and build the network. Cause you never know if like you're in my sense, like I want to be a recruiter in the future. Like you never know if your resume might end up on my desk. So it, it would be nice if you made friends with someone who's friends with me. Yeah. I, I think that's a super important thing, right? It's not it, part of it is who, you know, but more than it, more than anything, right. Who knows you, right. Cause that's, for me, I feel, I don't know why I grew up in the, oh, it's a, like, um, it's important who, you know, it's important who, you know, who, you know, who, you know, but I'm like, what's the use of knowing a lot of people if they don't know you, they, they need to know walk you, right? in the room and say like, so for a long time, I, to make things easier on my American counterparts, I would drop my second last name. And I'm like, there's a lot of Ashley's in the world. There's a lot of Ashley Ortiz in the world. But the chances of an Ashley Ortiz Rosario from Puerto Rico, from the town I'm in, that's not, you know, from, from like, no, there's a lot of things that set me apart. Yeah. So it's like, that's important. So when I go into a room and say, my name's Ashley Ortiz Rosario, someone's like, oh, I know you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, it, it's crazy the amount of times that I get reached out by recruiters. So I, I li- literally did this um, last week. I tell how many HR managers, recruiters, um, talent acquisition people I have connections with on LinkedIn is um, 3,700 people that I'm connected with on LinkedIn, just uh, that, that are recruiters, HR managers, yeah. right? And at least once or twice a week, I'm not even exaggerating, I get a message from one of them saying, hey, Daniel, I'm looking for this type of student. Uh, who do you know, right? And if I know, like, if, and it, it's, I might know thousands of students. I've probably, I, I've also searched, I have 7,000 student connections, right? That's... Do I know all 7,000 students? No. But and that's I, the thing, like, for example, again, I don't know what you're using this for. It's like, if you have Daniel on LinkedIn, comment, like, you know how you say, like, comment on their things yeah. with their content so they know who you are and you have um, Luis's uh, example. Yeah. People should be doing that with you. And students are not, you know, 100%. like, like if I see someone commenting on my thing, if it's, it's particularly if I could tell that as a student, I would check their profile. Exactly. And the thing is, yes, you're not a recruiter, but because of exactly what you're saying, recruiters contact you. So it's important students are on your good side. You know, like, yeah. And I feel like it's there. It's like they know, but they're not actively doing it. And, and that's like, that's the thing. I, I don't know. Like in the last two years, I, I went back and counted 54 people got jobs because of my referral. And that's the thing. Like recruiters also do that to save time and money. Like, yeah. again, what you say, like, instead of me, instead of me posting on my profile that I'm looking for this type of student, let me just go to the source that will have good yeah. students. Yeah. And, yeah. Hey, Daniel, who do you know? Yeah. And, in Orlando, is it's like that. It's so funny because all the time, because I went to Sherm, right? And so I know all the HR managers in Orlando and they know like, oh, Daniel's the college guy. You, want to, yep. you need a student. Why would I go pay a staffing firm that's going to charge me 
I could just go to Daniel. He doesn't charge. He just does it because he wants to help the students. And or again, like, it's very expensive. You also have to, like, low-key think career services and everything like in the sense of it's very expensive for these companies to go to a career expo to a career fair yeah like the ones so i'm impressed with i'm impressed with career services as a whole especially at ucf like you know talking to my brothers and like i I convinced my little brother (laughs) his girlfriend and like uh, my middle like the middle child in my family to come to um, UCF because of the resources like let's start off there so it's it's the fact that they put on the internship fair the career expo twice a year so that's already four major events and there's companies who come to all to those four major events plus they come on campus every so often and that's a lot of money business, right they go to the invitation for the college exactly. oh exactly so so you have companies that are going to those five but then they go to like little small things here that's a lot of money and time Uh, these companies are spending on recruitment so i'm impressed that they're point blank like spending on it but students aren't taking advantage of it Mm -hmm. and like some companies don't have that budget and they can come to those events so the best way that they recruit is by reaching out to people like you or by reaching out to fellow you know fellow peers like what students do you know or like, yeah. you know, hey, you know, XYZ company might not have chosen me for an internship, but they, hey, you'd be a great fit for this other person. I'm going to send your resume over. Because that's what happened to one of my friends recently. Like, she applied for one program, but they were like, oh, what you're looking for, we, we sorry, we don't have it this semester, but I know a, a company that does. I just sent your resume over. Yeah. This is their contact. Like, what? So, it, you know, it it never hurts to put yourself out there. And for me, it's that I've stopped using, it's not that I don't use Facebook anymore, but LinkedIn is my Facebook. Like I spend more time there and specifically like generating content there than than on Facebook, like than just sharing. You know, Facebook is for my memes, to be honest. Like that's what it is for. Um, But you know, the professional things and and if I have like like a thought or whatever that, that I, want like thoughtful discussion out of it's LinkedIn it's not you know it's not Facebook anymore I don't know if you were ever in that where if you had like a dilemma and you wanted to get a discussion out of it you would post it on Facebook no I don't do that anymore it's like no if I want professionals talking talking about xyz I'll go on LinkedIn I'm not gonna go on Facebook it's crazy I'm so proud of you um where was it um I forgot something I commented and my mentor who's such a badass. She's like, Oh, power team. And she was talking about, cause it was something about me and you. And think, yeah, did you read it? I think it was LinkedIn. I think it was no, definitely LinkedIn. Cause I don't know if, um, like I follow her everywhere else, but I don't, I, I think it was LinkedIn. That's where I'm like most active. In that yeah. Cause I don't even comment on Instagram anymore. Like on people's photos or whatever. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is that I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know if it's, it's that part of growing up and maturing where all the things that I want to post about are very professional and are very business oriented where I'm like, nobody on my Instagram cares. Twitter is a, it's a ticking time bomb. So it's LinkedIn. It's not even LinkedIn Facebook. It is. Woo! Well, actually, I don't know if you noticed, I think we've been talking for 48 minutes, which was supposed to be 30 minutes. Um, this was originally going to go to the website and I think I still want to put it there, but I think this conversation is something a lot of students should listen to. So I want to put a podcast episode. Just take the audio and then we'll just put it into a podcast episode because I think we just had a really good uh, dialogue that any student that might like listening to that can can really relate to you because I think you're very relatable because you're a person. Like at the end of the day, one thing that I'm, um, I admire most about you, is that you are you and i want students to be more themselves instead of trying to fake something that they're not because all that would do is will attract the companies that are looking for those type of people but if you are you genuinely you right if you're funny goofy uh like whatever you're like and like i say funny and goofy because like you're so funny and goofy like i put (laughs) on instagram uh and i crack up half the time like i probably i watch all your stories because i think it's so (laughs) 
Um, and Disney likes that, right? Like Disney likes somebody that's like, yes, there's some uh, procedures that you need to follow with your guests, but they, a lot of it is being genuinely caring for your guests. And you just hit it, you hit it on the nail. It's like, I was very nervous for my panel interview. And at the end, um, I spent days, days asking people, what should I ask at the end of my interview? Because I want to seem like, I really want this. Yeah. Um, and I asked, I finally asked, what are you looking for? Who is your ideal candidate? Because my strategy with, is that if they, if they say something that I haven't gone over, I could be like, I totally understand that. I remember when I did this and then, you know, I, I attacked that, you know, that quality. And that, you know, general manager uh, said, she goes over, she looks at my resume and she looks at like her sheet that she was taking notes on. She's like, at the end of the day, the hard skills, the technical part, we can teach you that. Yeah. We can teach you that. And if you're a quick learner, we have no problem with that. But there are some things that we can't teach you. And that is how to be yourself and how to be relatable and how to be just lively and, and, and want to come into work. Like I can't teach you wake up at, you know, wake up every day and come to work. With a smile. Like that's something, yeah, and put a smile on. Like that's something that I can't teach you. So if you don't, if you don't like what you're doing, that's, we can't teach you that. But that's something that has to come from you. Sorry, and that's what a lot of students, you know, when you ask people how they got their, their internships, it's, yes, it's like, oh, what experience led you there? But ask more of what did you learn from all of that? Because I feel like sometimes students ask it. So that's what I felt the other, if you saw that Instagram story, um, that's what I felt the, the other day. It's like when someone was asking me how I got this, it was like, what skills did you put on your resume? And what exactly did you write? And I'm like, yeah, but at the end of the day, it was my interview that got yeah. me. What? Like at the end of the day is what I said, sitting down in that chair, what was coming out of my mouth. Cause they weren't like, they looked at my resume for like, I don't know, pointers, but that resume wasn't even updated. Cause yeah. that resume said that I still worked at Disney and I don't work at Disney anymore. So at the end of the day, it's like, it was me. It was yeah. my personality. And that's something that I, nobody can teach you. And, and the thing is, if you put on a persona, they know when you're being fake. So, yeah. and, and if they don't, right? Let, let's say, for example, they don't. And you fake the interview. You fake who you are in the interview. Yeah. And you get the job. They're expecting that person who faked the interview. So as soon as you come to, the, to work and you're not the same person, either That's you're not going to be happy or they're not going to be happy. So no one's happy. So no one's happy. So no one's happy. And so that, like... That is why 80% of people don't stay in their first job the first two years. That, that is why, because you, you're like, anybody can fake 60 minutes. Anybody can fake an interview. Like, it's not about faking. If you go there and you're genuinely yourself, just don't be rude, don't curse. Like, like, I mean, of, hey, hey, of course. Yeah, of course. Right, like, There's right, some right. things that we got to leave at home. You're right. <laughs> but if you're genuinely yourself, let your personality shine. If you don't get the job, it wasn't the right job. It wasn't the right company for you. So don't worry about it. Move on. And if it, and if you did get it, perfect. When you do go to work, just be you. Um, I interviewed um, Simon, who's one of the recruiters for Google, right? So many people want to work at Google. And if you listen to that episode where he talks about how to get a job at Google, the biggest reason they look for it, they call it Google, Googliness. Um, I think it is. Um, it's, a, it's, it's the Google factor. And if you ask anybody, what is that? Like, is it you're funny, you're quirky, you're smart? They literally say, we can't tell you exactly what it is because no one knows. But as soon as we interview someone, we know. We, and that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, thinking back on it, that's something that a lot of students have to do. You have to do the research of what companies you want to work for. And if you don't, so, and sorry, like, I know you have things to do. Um, no, but for example, if, like, if this is a Joe Rogan type of episode, this is a Joe Rogan type of episode. <laughs> So like my thing is, you know, so we haven't talked about this, but you know that I left Disney for an opportunity that at the end didn't work out because, and I'm like, I'm not afraid to say that because it's, you know, sometimes in life you also got have to say the negatives. It didn't work out. And you know what my supervisor said? What? He said, um, in a conversation we were having, it's like, 
the thing is like you are a fit for a company like Disney and in my head I'm like I, I know <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my problem and but you know that conversation and that experience taught me that HR is something that you can do in any industry so now the yeah. question is what industry do I want to go into so like now you know just kind of focusing on hey I, I want to go into hospitality and that's what I'm doing you know a lot of students should do that as well like don't go applying to Google or Facebook or um, I don't know like any any of these big big names because they're big names no right. apply to them because that's the industry you want to go into because I bet you like that's something that shines through the moment you walk through a door 100% if you if you want to go like because I know students that you know, wow, like for me that, you know, Lewis, like he knows where he wants to end up. So he's looking for opportunities to get him there. I'm like, I admire students that know the industry they want to go into. Boom. I want to go into a commercial real estate or I want to go into the tech industry. And I'm there like two months ago, like, I don't know. I don't know where I want to go into. And now I'm like, oh, I want to go into hospitality. I'm, listen, look, hold on one second. Cause I think you're right, right? One hundred percent, you're right on, on the research. I think that there's also misunderstanding on the industry because look at this. Like, um, I think you what you got to do is do the research and see what company within that industry yeah. is a better fit for you. Because, um, give you an example. Let's say I, I am an account, or uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a coder. Like I'm in tech. I'm a, I went to school for computer science, and I want to work for a big tech company. The culture at Tesla, right, is work 80 hours a week. Like, we're, we're here to save the world. We're, we're here to save the world. Like, Elon Musk will get pissed at you and fire you if you go to your child's birth. Like, that is true. That, is, that happened, right? But if you go work at Google, they are so flexible, different, different atmosphere. They're laid back, wear shorts. It doesn't matter. Again, you go to work at Amazon, it's like in the middle between Google and Tesla. Yeah. There's a spectrum, right? There's a spectrum. And then like, it's literally like flexible Google, then Facebook. And then you have um, Amazon, then you have Tesla in the other extreme. They're all tech companies. They're all well-respected. They're all amazing to work for. But if I am very laid back, I like... I like then it's, No, exactly. And that's, a, like, that's what I mean. That's also what I mean like with, with research. It's like nail down the industry you want to go into and then research the companies that are under yep. that industry and just if you don't and that's the thing like when you go to their booths during a career fair that's the type of questions you need to ask it's like how's the culture like what do you believe in and you know go on their website look at their core values because when you have that person face to face what you want to ask them is how's the day to day yeah like, that you know that is, you're gonna see it in their faces number and that's one how you, question you know students ask in a career fair which blows my mind is what are you hiring for most of them have a banner saying what they're hiring for <laughs> and if they don't like you should have searched that up before you even got there like and think the thing is i rem i remember a company that i've always been interested in working like working in is Nielsen because they went to the University of Puerto Rico and like I I've met them um and so I know about their HR development program and I you know I, I know of the program so when they went to the career expo they weren't there they were there for engineering but I go there and I ask about their because I know they have an HR development program right and the recruiter says oh actually we're not you know like Right now, we're not hiring for that, but here's my card. Email me because we're going to start hiring like in the spring. You know, like, and he, he was like shocked. He was like, how do you know? Right. Because you're you have a, sni a sniper approach. And I think students don't understand that, right? You go to a career fair and you ask them, what are you hiring for? I don't care how good your resume is. It's already automatically a no. Literally, their faces are going to be like. Thank you. Hmm. Well, it, it, you know, there's going to be an omission of if you had read our website. <laughs> yeah, they'll be polite and they'll tell you. Exactly. Yeah. As soon as you leave, that thing goes into the no pile. It, 
and you just wasted time. Like, you just wasted your time, their time, everybody's time. Especially, you know, big name companies who have a line. That's not the question. You don't want to waste your time no. asking that question. Like, when you no. probably have like five, 10 minutes. And not even five to ten minutes no i mean yeah, i'm giving i'm giving a lot of time because most of the time it's like a minute and a half seriously like hey like hi like introduce yourself hi my name is daniel hi my name is daniel right and then they'll give you the elevator speech speech and then they'll ask you what are you hiring for and then i'll be like this is what i'm hiring for thank you you can apply online have a great day next exactly yeah so uh, it's important that you like come in and and kind of answer the question for them. It's like, hey, I saw your, you know, I saw your website, you're hiring for this. I'm, you know, I'm interested in that. I have an experience in this. And they're going like, to be like, oh, I, I, in the ideal do? scenario, right? Like you, it's all about leverage. And if you were, let's say, if you're hiring for Disney and I'm, I'm a college student, I would go up to you and I'd say, like, you have a name tag. So I don't know, I might not know exactly who you are, right? Um, but I'd be like, hey, Ashley, my name is Daniel. Um, I graduate and spring 2020 and i'm very interested in to this hr develop or like professional internship you you guys host i've spoken to ashley who um recently graduated from the internship and i know that you guys are looking for a b and c and for the last six months one year i've done x y and z right like it completely changes the conversation exactly no and that that person is going to be like oh okay tell me more yes tell me more and like yeah. how did and it, especially if let's say and that's the thing, like if you know someone from their team or you know their you know, direct report or whatever, and that person has done a good job, they're going to be like, oh, so you know Ashley. Like, oh, so you know Ashley. And like, and go, you know, they go back. It's like, hey, Ashley, I met someone that knows you and this is the person. And if, you know, I remember you, it's like, yeah, they're amazing. They're great. They're an amazing candidate. Like, yeah. like definitely. And with that support, that person's going to be like, okay, I'll move them forward. You know, everybody seems to, you know, like this person and I like talking to them. So let's move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ashley, it's been over an hour. This is like, I, I, I don't think you know who Joe Rogan is, but he is the number one podcaster right now. He gets um, over 10 million downloads an episode. Jeez. Um, and into the 10 million and one. <laughs> his episodes are about two and a half hour long. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, they're super long. Um, but he does get into all the details and have like serious conversations with the guests that he has on. Um, and this is an awesome, like this, you know, started out to just be like kind of like a, a quick conversation about your transition, but um, has really turned into some amazing content that I think students all need to hear and understand. And, and, and not just hear from, from me, like a lot of things you said, like I completely agree with. And I think hearing it from someone that, that just went through it and is going through it uh, yeah. currently it's gonna it's gonna be much better so i want to thank you again for no, joining me for the last hour or so for being so amazing for um I, I i just love i still remember the first time we had a conversation i was walking in winter garden um i was like this is gonna be a five minute conversation it was like half 45 minute conversation. yeah <laughs> um I remember talking to you about like thinking outside the box. I still remember the whole conversation. It was about thinking outside the box about how you need to position yourself where a lot of HR people are. Um, yeah. You wanted to go into training and development, HR. Um, I still remember it. And to see that now you are, we talked about the Disney um, professional internship then. You didn't feel like you were qualified then, but look at you now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it's amazing. So keep going what you're doing. I look forward to continuing seeing your journey. And if you're listening to this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, you need to connect with Ashley on LinkedIn. Like I got nothing else to tell you, but she just told you she's there more than she's on anywhere else. So yep. that's it. I'm doing something right by being there more than anywhere else. So <laughs> last words for the audience. Um, I think surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up. Um, especially in this moment where you're transitioning from being in college to a professional life. It's great to have friends, but it's even more important for your professional growth to have a network. So surround your, your, yourself with people who, who are going to contribute to that network and who are going to support your professional endeavors. That's very important. And I've seen the feedback from that. 
um, you know, I have my friends, but I also have my group of people who support me professionally. Yeah. And were it not for them, I, again, wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, I love it. So guys, this is my shameless plug. Um, if you've, you know, listened all the way through this podcast, I am hosting weekly trainings on how to get a job with Fortune 500 companies. These trainings are specifically for first-generation minority students. Um, the reason why is because I purposely built it for that demographic because that was me. That's like Ashley. Like I, I, I built it for that. It doesn't mean that if you're not first-generation or if you're not a minority that you won't gain any value. You will definitely get value. But um, it is definitely built for that audience. And um, I would be very honored to be part of your career journey. So connect with me on LinkedIn message me, text me, let me know how I can be part of, or let, find out how you can, I can be part of it because I, um, if you work with me, my goal is to think about it like this. It is in my best interest for you to get a career. If you work with me, you don't get a job. It looks horrible on me. Like I don't have a business. I, I run out of business. And so that's not good for me. So, um, but yeah, so definitely go to masteringcollegecareer.com slash free training register for the next one. Um, that's it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Ashley, you're the best. Talk to you all later. have made it to the end of the podcast just want to remind you if you are interested in signing up for that free training class on how to land a job with a fortune 500 company head to masteringcollege2career.com forward slash free training to sign up this is a live class so you will be able to ask me questions and remember this is limited to the first 100 students see you there If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career. Doing things like listening to this podcast, putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's going to set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job. Keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, Please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.